0: What's up, Beijing? Was up, Beijing? You might notice that uh, someone is missing right now. And I'll tell you what, if you guys head out somewhere in, I would say, north central Pennsylvania on the side of the road right now, you might actually see someone you you would know as uh, Winston or Serpent ZA. The other half of the show. Adv podcast, but that's another story for another time. We'll get into that a little bit later. Welcome to episode 114 of the Adv podcast, or otherwise known as the China Show. I'm glad you guys are here with us today. I am sick, absolutely like destroyed, sick in many ways. Uh, not COVID, by the way. I just took a COVID test just to just out of curiosity because everyone seems to be getting it these days, and uh, <laughs> and I'm negative. But I will say I'm very sick in other uh, in other spheres. Um, in the in the guts area, in the face area, in the head area, I'm not feeling great. But I'm gonna pull through for you guys. I think we're gonna be able to make it through this. We're gonna survive. We're gonna have a great time in the process. Um, actually, everyone in the whole family, both sides of the families, uh, both Winston and I, are all sick as well, which is kind of funny. But what I wanted to say is that uh, today's episode will be not only informative. Uh, We have a really cool guest on as well. Uh, Dan David, you might have heard of him from the China Hustle, the Netflix show. Uh, We had him on the other day and we recorded the interview. So we're going to talk about all kinds of good stuff there. But we're also going to go through uh, what makes a Chinese gangster. If you guys don't remember, um, we went through kind of this weird fashion that you'll find in mainland China where these guys will dress like CCP officials and we kind of ranked them and talked about like what makes that style a CCP style, that kind of laoban, that, uh, what's it called, uh, the boss style. And I wanted to go through a little bit about what makes the Chinese thug or the gangster style, because that's another like ubiquitous style that you're going to see around China, uh, a ubiquitous style you're going to see, especially around northern China. Uh, so I wanted to get into some of that. But yeah, we might have Winston rolling along in here later. Um, right now, I'll give a little couple crickets here for him because what happened was we you guys i don't know if you watch our car channel we haven't posted on there in a long time but we have this truck and it threw a harmonic balancer the other day and when winston fixed it it was working absolutely fine and he was taking the truck to to go do some stuff earlier today and the belt on the harmonic balancer actually broke after that so it was like double ultimate bad luck Really, really bad stuff, but he's fine. Uh, he's just waiting with the truck. He didn't want to, we had a little bit of a disagreement. I was like, just leave it. it, doesn't matter. But he wanted to stay with the truck. So whether he comes in later or not, we'll find out. I might have him call in, I might have him, hopefully he just shows up. So anyway, long story short, we're just going to get into the show. And we're going to start, of course, with what's new. And Winston's not here to tell you, but what's new is where we tell you what's new and what's happening in China and what i what i will say is that uh something has been going around like crazy all over the internet and i wanted you to uh i wanted you guys to see this if you haven't seen it already it's been going around on reddit but basically it's a dude that is having a freaking standoff like a straight up war with uh with a bulldozer a bulldozer uh, one of whatever those those construction equipments are the ones with a big arm on it and he's using fireworks to fight back because what's happening is is that there's a forced demolition going on. The guy doesn't want to lose his house. Uh, so he gets all his fireworks ready and he has a, an absolute showdown. Check it out. favorite part about this. Let's just watch it again by the way. Oh wait, look at this. This guy is like an absolute chad just chatting it up on on top of the building. Just launching fireworks at this bulldozer thing, whatever it's called. This uh I'm sorry, I'm so sick I can't even figure out what this is. Anyway, this uh construction equipment dude. And he's just launching fireworks at him and you just think, "Okay, he's going to spook the dude." But the the freaking, it's an excavator. The excavator falls down like a gosh darn beast, like a slain beast. I mean, look at this. This guy's just like shooting off little Roman candles or something. Actually, he's looking pretty, some of these these fireworks are pretty hectic. But he's making contact with some of them. And this guy in the excavator, by the way, they get sent out by the uh, Chinese government or by the property companies that are going to go reclaim land so some of these people they don't have it's not a democracy right they don't have rights over their land they don't own their land and what happens is that they'll send over these demolition companies oftentimes thugs by the way uh, to go and wreck people's houses so they can claim the land to put up uh, real estate whether it's for government property or for real estate investment property but uh yeah this dude was like nah i'm not having any of this you're not taking my house and he actually, like, took one of these down. Now, I've seen a lot of these videos where the, um, you know, it's kind of fruitless. They always, since there's no weapons, there's no, like, uh, guns and stuff. Well, there's not a whole lot of guns, like, especially there's no legal guns in China. So people can't, like, defend themselves or their property like you would, you know, maybe in the U.S. But I oftentimes see people just getting whaled to these or people running away. But this time, it actually fell over. It actually reminded me, I don't know if you guys ever played this game, Shadow of the Colossus. But um this game where you like you're this dude and you like fight these massive, huge bosses that are the the entire level in themselves, and they just they fall down, they just kind of collapse like these massive towering beasts, they just collapse. And it just reminded me of that. Um, a lot of parallels there with the uh, with the firework dude. But anyway, firework dude. Um, is representative of this, something we investigated. And these are called like nail houses or kind of uh, these, these properties that people will build. And what they'll do is they'll find out that a demolition crew is coming in or land is going to get reclaimed. And what'll happen is they'll quickly use like really terrible cement. By the way, that was our drone crashing into one of these. Uh, really terrible cement and quality to build these things so they can get compensation. Like, so the government will have to pay them or the pro- property company will have to pay them. And what will happen is, like, in these these uh, properties or whatever, they know they're going to get demolished. I don't know if you guys could see there, but there's me, like, standing on top of uh, one of these collapsed structures. And what will happen is the government will have to pay them a certain amount of money to, uh, you know, take over that area. So they make these things called nail houses uh, in that these rebar is sticking up all over the place and that it's not finished yet and uh so that's what'll happen in these areas where they know they're going to do it but then there's some areas like firework dude for example firework dude we should come up with a name of him for him by the way firework dude he's not living in a nail house like this is his home right this is like they're going after his actual house and this is where he's his his family is potentially He's not going to give that up without a fight, right? Now, the bad news is is that despite him taking down this uh, excavator here, this demolition crew, you know they've got, like, thousands of these just, like, within arm's reach of this town, right? So they're going to be sending in these guys in droves to take this guy's house. But I really admire his uh, fortitude standing up against these very, very scary, um, you know, demolition crews and stuff because at the end of the day, what will happen is they'll actually go and they'll harm the, the residents. They'll harm, they'll arrest them, they'll, they'll force them out, and they'll take their stuff, of course. And it's no good. It's no good. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to give a little context behind that clip, because that's been going around absolutely everywhere, all over uh, Reddit. And there's a whole thing that we cover. This is this from this video. It's called, uh, Why is Everything in China Falling Down? If you go on ADB China, um, you can watch. We've covered this two Quite the extent, uh, the ghost towns, the you know bad building quality, all that kind of good stuff. We covered that to um, to a T, and I think you guys would really enjoy that. Anyway, um, we are going to get into something very, very fantastic and awesome. But I'm just going to pull up my wide video here, and I wanted to say that I wanted to answer a couple of your guys' super chats before we get uh, started. This is from Chibi Kid. He says, keep up the great work, guys. Keep shedding a light on corruption, whether it's in China or America or any place in the world, we need voices like these. And indeed, I agree, and I appreciate that, because when we give our voices or lend our voices to the situation, it tends to be like this. But can you see me? And the Streisand effect is, in fact, a real thing. Um, the more that the Chinese government tries to hide or you, you know, censor or put up a wall between actual information and the people, the more of a stride effects is it's been having. And it's been fantastic to see that a lot of people are not blind to China. I feel like 10 years ago, I mean, China was just like, uh, it wasn't dinner table conversation. And now it is. And that's important. I mean, it's just important to know that policymakers, politicians, all these things, all the votes that are going into uh, policy creation and stuff, uh, are, are now starting to revolve around China because it's that important. It is that important. Uh, Dylan Viennet says, Hello, legends. Dylan's a friend of the channel. says, Watching you from Serbia tonight. Ooh, Serbia. That's another one that's on the CCP friendly list, which is a little bit worrying. Here's an important Serbian phrase that I learned, and I can't read that. I'm sorry I do not uh, read Serbian, but I appreciate it. He also says, My Shanghainese friend in Australia said to me the other day that the people of Kiev and uh, Maripol could get food, but back in Shanghai, nothing. Perspective. And that is kind of interesting if you think about it because you're in a wartime scenario. Um, you're talking about people getting rockets and missiles, like, launched into their houses, and yet they got food. Yet in Shanghai, the government couldn't mobilize, in a, in a socialist country, with all of this amazing uh, oversight, couldn't get food to its own citizens. So... It's kind of an interesting perspective to have. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's actually really sad, uh, and it's awful for the people of Shanghai, but not just people in Shanghai. We're talking the people that were suffering under zero COVID lockdown stuff all over the country on um, the people that didn't even get the media spotlight. They had to go through that, and it was, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. So that was, uh, that's a good point. Ultima Spark says, uh, Xiao Qian and his fellow CCP goons are mad that drew, I guess you mean Drew Pavlou and company, crashed his speech. So that I say a turnabout is fair play. I actually haven't followed that new uh, that new development. That's that's interesting. I had absolutely no idea. Anyway, um, we have a very special guest on today. We don't worry, stay stay with us because we're going to be uh, covering the whole thug element, the whole Chinese gangster, the Chinese mafia. I'm going to break down the whole... It's something I know quite a a lot about. I had quite a few friends that were affiliated uh, when I lived in China, so we're going to go through that. Um, But before that, we're actually going to go into our interview that we had with Dan David. If you guys haven't seen the China heist, it's basically about a uh, a group of fraud uh, investigators that went into China to find out that China was absolutely wrought with fraud, and the American investors here in the US that were investing in it were getting tricked. And it's absolutely fascinating stuff. So I hope you guys appreciate it. And I think you guys will very much enjoy it. Hey everyone, uh, today we have Dan David on the show. Dan David is actually a freedom of speech activist in global financial markets, and he is the founder of Wolfpack Research. Before I get into any of that, why don't you, Dan, tell us who you are? Um, a lot of people, I'll be honest with you, a lot of people probably recognize you from the Netflix show. Yeah. Or was it uh, China? the China Heist? Great show, by the way. Thanks. China Hustle was good, too. Hustle, that's right. China <laughs> this is the sequel.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: China <laughs> no, Heist, yeah, Hustle, both H's. Yeah.
1: Just figured out what the
0: sequel is. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about who you are, what you do?
1: Yeah, um, there you go. Uh, uh I think the, the movie kind of explains that, you know, 10, 12 years ago, my partner and I were investing into the, the tri- China dream, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. where could you go and get exploding growth that you couldn't get here, especially after 2008? I'm not sure if you guys heard, that was a tough year. Nope. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. If you were investing in the markets, uh, you know, for us personally, uh, we had had a great two years running up to that, but, uh, that September and October, it just killed us 80%. And, you know, we had some real soul searching to do there, decided that, you know, our investing model worked. It was value investing in, we would get it all back rather than what you're reading about in the news today. Um, Melvin Capital or whoever else, they lose their money. They, you know, shutter a fund and go start a new one so they can collect fees again. Mm-hmm. What really mattered to us is that, you know, we had friends, we had family, we had people we knew invested and we wanted to get it back. And looking at that value investing metrics, you know, going into 2009, 80, 90 percent of the stocks that floated to the top were China based. It was just like crazy. You know, they're, you know, projecting double, triple revenue. Uh, their gross margins were way higher than anything here in the United States. And then everybody you talk to just, it just made sense to them because they just say one word, China. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I, you know, I I went down that road too Um, and we invested in China and we invested long uh, and put almost everything back into it and picked up 229% in 2009, got it all back, investing long. Uh, Did what, you know, due diligence was to us back then you go to these conferences where these small or mid-cap companies go meet with management one-on-one talk to the cfo talk to the ceo um, and decide which ones are the best companies and that's generally still what passes for due diligence today around 2010 or 11 there were these people called short sellers these these evil short sellers you know uh, that started to say, you know what, this, this China growth story, especially when it comes to uh, companies listed on, on foreign markets, are not you know, what we think they are. Um, mm-hmm. I immediately decided they were wrong because I came right. from the corporate world. Uh, I worked for a publicly listed company before I, I was in the investing world with my partner. We would never cheat investors. I mean, you know, the executives at C-level, no. Sarbanes-Oxley meant something. It all meant something. Uh, so we hired a team uh, to go investigate 30 companies in China uh, and spend 90 days looking at 30 companies to prove the short sellers wrong. And, uh, you know, the team came back and said, the short sellers are indeed wrong. They are understating the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, well, OK, you know, out of how many companies uh, out of 30, how many are are not fraudulent? None. Zero. Yeah. Some way worse than others, Potemkin villages set up uh, that weren't, uh, you know, total sham company and others were just margin fraud or revenue fraud or CapEx fraud, that kind of thing. And it was it it just kind of shook us.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny is that when we were watching the China Hustle, both Winston and I probably looked at it, looked at each other yeah. like half the time when we're watching because we're like, this this guy, yeah. this guy knows what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Because there are so many parallels. When we would go through, you know, we're not investors or in anything, but go through areas um, where they would have factories set up, and everything that you highlighted in the movie is exactly what we saw on the ground. Yeah. It's putting on a massive show for foreign investors when, in reality, nothing is happening. That's right.
2: Really, just how the Chinese government works in general. You know, when they had that big uh, <clears throat> university aid in Shenzhen, where I lived, which is a, a kind of like a college Olympics, right? It's for the university, Sorry, Olympics. They set up these, you know, to show that it's a green city. They set up these kind of little uh, windmill things on all the streetlights to show that it's wind generated and solar. Sure. But actually. They were not wind generated in solar. They turned them on so that they would spin. They actually used power to spin them around because I knew a guy who was involved in putting them up there and he was telling me that and the solar panels were fake. It's just there to show, oh, look, we're a green city.
1: It's That's not plugged either. into
2: anything. It's not plugged yeah. into anything. you know they, no, it, it, it is. It's plugged it's, it's plugged. it's only plugged. It's plugged in <laughs> so that it spins. They actually yeah. powered those. They
1: powered. I, I envision something out of a circus from a kid, like one of those little windmills, like
2: yeah. just taped oh, yeah. it up to a sign. <laughs> oh no, dude, they, they they actually had to use coal burning energy in order to like power those yeah. things. It's hilarious.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of green, remember the. uh when I was up in Ordos in in northern China, Inner Mongolia, they uh, were spray painting the grass green. Yeah, oh, and it was just yeah. shocking to see, like at a mass level, though. Not right. like yeah. a that's badge.
1: healthy. That's healthy. Yeah. Roll yeah. around in that for a minute.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we wanted to we wanted to have you on because you there, there's a bit of a blind spot with us. Like we're not economics majors. We're not investment yeah. dudes. Um, Me either. <laughs> yeah, okay, excellent. You know what I'm saying. You know what you yeah. talk. You know exactly what,
2: you're what you know. You know finances. We we had one question we wanted you to answer first. Is well, I wrote it down here. So why do you think people keep investing in China when it's so opaque and they can't see what's going on?
1: Um. Well, look. I mean, I've I've thought about that question a lot over the years. You know, because you know the part of the rest of the story is that you know my partner and I. Um, and the company was geo investing at the time that's the company people would know from the movie Um, decided right away we didn't want to become short sellers Uh, and we would take our our superior due diligence that was on the ground to the investment banks law firms representing them PR firms representing them and say audit and auditors of course as if they matter uh, and and say look I mean I'm sure you don't want to represent companies committing fraud so why don't you hire us to do the diligence
3: yeah
1: and the investment banks were just like the funniest they were the most blunt and, and showed us how naive we were they're like okay you want us to pay you not to collect 10 percent transaction fees on billions of dollars you know and i thought to myself when you say it that way it's not a really good business plan yeah uh, and they're like why don't you just leave before we sue you
2: right so, <laughs> right
1: and they did but they lost so good. we we published these reports. The first two for free, like we spent fifty thousand dollars buying grave plots in Guangzhou to show that this this company didn't actually own a graveyard, right? Mm. And and called the Ministry of like cemeteries because there's a Ministry of everything in China, as you guys, <laughs> yeah, of
2: course, yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yes. and, and and just proved it and 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 got an appraisal on land in Inner Mongolia, and, and we published this and people said if you're negative you're a short seller we don't care we don't believe you that you're you're not taking a short position so f- from then on we did and to answer your question now I-, I found that unfortunately american investors would rather make money on a fraud than lose money on the truth right and that's a problem mm. like if it's your personal money you really wish that fraud would have been exposed in somebody mm-hmm. else's account unfortunately Mm -hmm. these china-based stocks are spread across certainly were and still are to a large degree everybody's account
3: Mm -hmm. it's a
1: massive skim rarely do you see the one or two people that decided to self-manage and then put everything into their e-trade account in one or two stocks and lose it all that happened but the bulk of the money they make is is just skimming off uh, teachers pensions firefighters police some Calpers in California, California Retirement Pension, uh, peasers here in Pennsylvania—they—they they have cost a lot of money, but the overall that fund still makes money. So people don't notice it, even when you point it out, uh, and they just—they just don't care as long as it doesn't affect them personally. And when it does, they're mad at you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I wanted to ask you another thing. The, you're involved with fraud, basically, finding companies, committing fraud. China is obviously wrought with fraud, as you had previously mentioned, but there's this new thing where they're saying they're allowing audits, right? You were talk- we were talking about yeah. this the other day. They're allowing audits for Chinese companies to list, right? In, in effort, I guess, to make people feel more comfortable with the fact that Chinese companies didn't have to go through the same rigmarole that other companies did to be able to list, is is that a real thing that's transpiring?
1: Uh, yeah, look, look, my head's about to explode here, so I'm just going to like try and contain myself within sure, that. Sure. You know, <laughs> uh, the the Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act is a is a is a direct result of the China Hustle, right. and it's 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 Congress patting themselves on the back for, you know, doing the most minimal part of their job. Now, I went to Congress after we became short sellers and were being ignored. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that 99% of the members of Congress had no idea what was going on. Like I point out that, hey, you know, Congressperson, you know, it's not illegal in China to steal from a U.S. citizen, Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: you know? And what I get back is a blank stare. And what does that mean? Okay, what it means is that if Jack Ma or any other CEO um, lights themselves on fire, runs down the street naked and said, I stole your money, we can't do anything about it. We can't even get the money back. There's no, there's no reciprocity there. There's no provision to claw back that money. We don't have a bilateral investment treaty. Mm. Uh, And it just, it just blew people away and nothing happened. They did nothing. Uh, Now what they're doing as a result, they found that, you know, all the laws that we follow for auditing and Sarbanes-Oxley and Well, the the foreign listed companies from China listing here, they didn't follow those laws. Mm. So we've actually passed another law to say you have to follow laws. Yeah. Yeah. Which is freaking ridiculous.
2: It is. It's ridiculous. I just got to ask you, how how is this allowed in the first place? You know, it boggles my mind that a company sitting in China can make up anything they want. They can say, we've got this amount of capital. We've got this amount of factories. All lies. They can say anything they want and then list. Why is that allowed? To happen to list on our markets?
1: Well, I mean, if, if fairly stated, they 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 generally can't get caught ahead of time and then still mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. Um, right. They've got, and which is why the reverse takeover or the RTOs they call it, reverse merger, same thing. Which is, uh, you know, basically, you know, when a company goes bankrupt or is bought out by another company, what it leaves behind on, on Nasdaq or IC is an empty shell. Uh, And and what these companies will do rather than IPO is merge into that shell and boom, Mm. you're a trading company Uh, and much less uh, scrutiny. Not that IPO fraud hasn't happened. It's happened in a big way, especially with the Jobs Act IPO um, uh, passed six, seven years ago, which was, I mean, what a great name for saying you have to disclose less to IPO,
3: Mm. the
1: Jobs Act IPO, you know, under a few billion dollars and, you know, just sign your name here and give us your address and you're an IPO. Uh, right. So, I, you know, what happens is, look, I, we really work with the people of China to get this done. And I have to give them all the credit in the world. And our issue has never been with people, the people of China. It's mm-hmm. with the C-suite and, of course, the government of China who are ripping yep. off investors. Uh, and I think to the level of the C-suite, we taught them how to commit fraud. Like, right. you know, a Chinese chicken farmer doesn't wake up one day and know how to defraud the U.S. capital market. <laughs> of course. And I, and I use that as an example because one of the frauds that we exposed was UA um, International, which was a huge hatchery chicken farm. Uh, and it was one of the, the bigger frauds that went down in like 2013. But what, what happens is our, our bankers and our finders, will call them, and gatekeepers will go over there and have a conversation with the CEO something like this. Hey, you want to list on the US capital markets, make a lot of money, grow your business, become big, bigger, and take your competition out, this kind of thing. Yes, I do. Okay, how big is your business? And say, I've got my hands up here. And they say, my business is this big. Mm. And then the people from the bank say, you know what? what you have to do is tell people your business is this big. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you'll get the money and you'll build your business to be this big right. and nobody gets hurt. Right. This is yeah. how it's done. Now, of course, they believe there because, you know, crap like that has been done in China for a millennia. I mean, yeah, it,
2: it's, that's how you it know, runs. It's not new. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, they're like, okay, sounds good. Uh, and then, in the middle of getting this big, I find out you're a fraud, I expose you. And everybody from the American side walks away and says, well, this guy's a bad guy. We had no idea. Mm -hmm. So nobody gets arrested over here because you get no cooperation in China. Nobody gets arrested in China because there is no cooperation in China. And the whole thing continued to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars. And it continues today. Yeah. On top of that, I think one of the biggest things we face is, you know, people, you know, we're, we're fighting with the government of China, mm-hmm. but we're not just fighting one government. We're fighting with the United States,
2: too. Sure. Right. They don't Makes want subtle this. sense.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, you, you think Congress, you know, I mean, they're not calling this the China Hustle Act, right? Yeah. They should, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's not what they're calling it. Uh, and they're not happy with us at all. And, you know, now there are investigations in the short sellers as if, as if what? I mean... Short Mm -hmm. sellers work together in a cabal and, and, and a great many of us team up to take these companies down. Look, that makes no economic sense at all. Absolutely, not understanding shorting. There are only a finite available number of shares to short. The Mm -hmm. more people you tell about it, the short goes away, the interest paying for that short goes up, and you can get squeezed when they cover their short because that acts as buying the stock. So. You know, anybody that I've ever worked with uh, to uh, to vet a company was to have a higher level of confidence, because if you're going to say something very good about a company and you're wrong, well, you were just overly optimistic. Right. You're not mm. you're not a pumper and a dumper, which you are. Uh, but if you say something negative and you're wrong, you know, it can be illegal. You can go to jail. You're definitely going to get sued. i have been to right. that. I haven't been sued this week, which is good. I this guess, week, yeah. that'll yeah. be coming next week.
2: <laughs> yeah, th- this is supremely educational. And I, I just want to try to break it down quickly for the layman out there, from what I understand. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But basically, you had a situation where you had a lot of fraudulent uh, Chinese companies listing on the stock market in the United States. Um, and you basically did due diligence and found out that uh, you know they were inflating their numbers or just making up the fact that they were companies in the first place, really. Um, and now we've got this new act out there, which now says, you know what, Chinese companies kind of need to start to go through a, a similar auditing process to anyone else who wants to list um, over here, right? Whereas previously they are kind of just ignored and they were hiding behind the opacity of the, the language and cultural barrier and the laws of China. So now that this has started to stir things up and the Chinese government is saying things like, oh, well, you know what, you know what don't worry, we'll let you audit us a little bit here and there just to try to placate people's worries. Are you seeing a downturn in the investments in China now?
1: Well, a, a couple of things have happened. Number number one, I mean, I know this is going to sound hyperbolic, but mm. in the hundreds, and I mean hundreds of companies that that we investigated, I can't think off the top of my head one that wasn't fraudulent in some way. Not mm. one. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it, that it, for one simple reason, if if you are reporting all your correct numbers and every peer in your space is lying, then you look like the worst company to invest in. Mm -hmm, So the people who came into this wanting to do it the honest way, which there were companies that want that started out like with regular kind of growth, which was still good 20, 30%, but Mm -hmm. everybody else is growing at 200. So they, they almost had to either delist or start committing fraud. Yeah. Uh, And we always, they were always accountable to our accounting rules, the PCAOB uh, and Sarbanes Oxley. We only found out they didn't when we caught them committing fraud and they said they wouldn't. And it goes back to, it's called the Long Top Financial Case, where they were proven to be a fraud. And a Delaware court said to Deloitte, we need the audit papers for this court case. And Deloitte said, okay. And the government of China said, Deloitte, if you send those audit papers to the United States, we will throw you out of the country. Mm -hmm. So Deloitte said, okay. Uh, And that case went on till this day, really. The the audit papers have never shown up. Mm -hmm. And that became the fight between the two countries, right? Deloitte's supposed to follow the court rules. Court says, we'll throw you out. And then who capitulated? We did. We said, mm. okay, Deloitte, this is bigger than you. You know, We're not going to press you on long top financial. But everybody thought, I mean, one of the things that always happened when we put out a report is these guys must be lying. They're audited by Deloitte, Pricewaterhouse, KPMJ, whoever it is. Yeah. Um, they've got this bank. They've got that bank. And they didn't understand that they didn't have to follow the laws. Right. Now, I will tell you now, whether it's a U.S. company or a China-based company. Uh, this is the old jim chano saying uh you know famous short activist when anybody ever asked me who the auditor is i say who cares mm. even at their best when they're doing their job they're they're only inspecting i don't know one tenth of what happened remember crazy eddies you know back in the day the the electronic store yeah you know yeah. you just put the biggest most expensive tvs on the very top 30 feet up in the air and the auditor put two or three in the front auto check those two or three and call it okay the other 30 boxes they have tvs in them stuff like that's been going on forever auditors do not write the uh uh the 10k or the 10q uh the management does and they only inspect parts of it Mm
2: -hmm. yeah Yeah. makes
0: sense Um, i was gonna sorry go ahead
1: no i was gonna say and then it's followed by like pages and pages of disclaimers saying that even though we've audited this company, we take no responsibility.
0: Sure. I want to ask you a couple of fun things, but first I wanted to, you know, for practical advice for our audience, what can a person do out there to safeguard themselves from the aftershock of all of this stuff that you've kind of figured out? Like what, you, what you're kind of dealing with now obviously is, is investigating fraud in American companies for the most part, but what about a person that has this financial advisor that doesn't really give them any sort of transparency? They don't know where their money's going. Can they, uh-huh rely on the fact that they're going to do the right thing? What can people do?
1: No, I mean, uh, look, I I have people in my family that are like, you know, once they look in their Wells Fargo mutual funded uh, Mm -hmm. uh, advisor account, right, that has them in Fidelity or Vanguard or wherever else, and they drill down in there, they're like, oh, they own Alibaba.
3: Right.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, like, of course, or Baidu or, you know, whatever. Uh, So, I mean, they're not going to. And, it, it, it becomes that same issue where they're overall making money. So mm. they don't even consider it a problem mm-hmm. if they made 10 or 12%. And I'm like, yeah, but you were supposed to make 15. Sure, you know, sure. the other 3% was stolen from you. And so it just doesn't, it doesn't click. Where mm-hmm. we're at today with it is, you know, well, China does the slow walk across the uh, Pacific
3: mm-hmm.
1: on, on, on complying with these audits, because they're still not there, right? They still have like a year and a half before they have to actually follow the law that they're always supposed to be following. Mm -hmm. Um, They're starting to dual list uh, the biggest companies, the most valuable companies in Hong Kong. Ever since they've repressed Hong Kong, crushed freedom of speech and taken that market over, Hong Kong should lose its special status in investing because we have billions, I think over a trillion dollars invested through the Hong Kong markets, Mm -hmm. Uh, again pensions and so if there is some kind of big event they take taiwan which they're going to do um, or anything else then alibaba tencent baidu they're all listed in hong kong so they don't lose access to the capital markets of course Mm -hmm. they're going to lose it here Mm -hmm. now anything that can't dual list from here to hong kong or anywhere else i mean in my mind they're Ninety-nine percent are going to be a fraud. China will mm-hmm. be nice enough to leave their fraudulent companies here.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, you—you you know what you've uncovered here is something that—that that, uh, we've known all along, and uh, something that we see all over the spectrum when it comes to China, and that is the things that they say and the things that they do are two completely different things. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're very good at putting a face forward, and and they'll say, you know, whatever the case. They'll say, oh, we're not going to do this. We're not going to militarize the South China Sea. But then they yeah. go and and they do it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is just a very good look. And it gives people a little bit more insight into how the Chinese government opera- operates, really, in general. and Chinese society, there's a lot of face culture that gets in the way of people being honest, mm-hmm. you know. And the hammer that, uh, sorry, the, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Like you were saying, if there's a company trying to be honest, they're just going to lose out. So... Why, why bother being honest? You know, just yeah. well, follow I, the rest. I give you
1: one example to what you're saying. And by the way, I'm a big fan of you guys' show and the work. Thank you. Oh, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Like, you know, some of the stuff you can't see anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, when I was talking to Matt a couple of weeks ago on my podcast, you know, I'd mentioned like, like where you guys were showing people are being locked in
3: mm-hmm. to
1: their, to their homes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the virus. And now they're actually showing that on uh, the South China Morning Post and mm-hmm. other places but they're they're way behind you and they still <laughs> won't show things like the detention camps Sure. No, I they won't. Just, I mean just it's just it's just shocking um, but like as an example of the social pressure in China you know I mean it's it explained to me like this and you know in China there is they're, they're built in circular units right the family is a unit mm-hmm. and then their village and their community is a unit, and they circle yeah. around that to protect those things. And then eventually, that goes out to the country is mm. a unit that they will mm-hmm. that they will protect. And when the United States circles the wagons in the same way, they understand the only way the, the quickest way to get us to break our our circle is to throw a bag of money in between the two circles,
3: mm.
1: and then we don't have a circle anymore. Everybody just rushing to grab the money. They won't do that. Now that that Yui chicken farm that I had brought up. Uh, one, of the, one of the ways that we found that they were fraudulent is we went out to invest in them long. We thought that this was going to be a great investment. And the cab driver taking our investigator to the farm said they had supposedly bought their competitor. And we thought this is going to be an economy of scale they're going to grow. And the cab driver said, no, I don't think they bought that company. My, my friend works there. This mm, is how it right. goes in China. They'll talk yeah. to you, right? Cab China. drivers, always yeah. the cab drivers. It's always the, ca- especially in rural China where there yeah. was like yeah. two cab drivers. Right. Uh, <laughs> sure. So I mean, we figure out by calling this guy, and then the guy sends us his check. Actually, that shows that you know UA is not paying him. They didn't buy this company. So we talk to the uh, the supposedly acquired company, and he still would not speak to us publicly. Even though what this guy was doing was trying to raise money and put him out of business,
3: mm-hmm.
1: the social pressure he would have from speaking to outsiders, Americans, about this guy lying to US investors would have put him out of business anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It would have caused not- a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble for him. Yeah. Just with the local, you know, Communist Party and everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to harp on the doom and gloom stuff the entire time. Do you see a... Uh, Don't ask me about a, China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
2: We're in the same boat, really.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. But do you see any sort of uh, positive silver lining here? Like, are we going in a good direction now or is it all going to crash down and we're all going to die?
1: Uh, I mean, it's, we're not going in a good direction. Uh, I, sure. you know, I want to live. Uh, yeah, I have that drive. Uh, sure. But, you know, when you, when you look at what china as you pointed out what is what does china say and what do they do you know they mm-hmm. say that they're kind of you know neutral into what's happening in russia and ukraine but mm-hmm. you you watch their their nightly programming on ctt tv1 or anywhere else they're calling the, the rest of the world nazis not just yeah ukraine, yeah. yeah but yeah. we're all nazi sympathizers not you mm-hmm. know forget about the fact that you know uh Zelensky's, you know grandparents died in Auschwitz, you know, and he's Jewish, he's not. And I don't know, for the life of me, I don't know why we don't put that and shame them on our news networks. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is how they speak about us. Sure.
2: We're we're trying to get that out there. There's this great movement called the Great Translation Movement, which are Chinese people who are actually going and translating some of the things that are in the news and some of the things that are floating around the Chinese internet, Mm -hmm. like official releases from the government, translating them into English for people to see just how bad it is because yeah the face they put out there is all like oh no we're neutral we're not doing anything but then they're like russia is our friend you know uh the ukraine is like a little brother to russia and you know have half- we We have to support russia to take it back all this kind of stuff we found
0: we found some deep ass propaganda from the chinese government teaching how to teach children in china about how ukraine can't be taken away from russia because it's it's a little baby and imagine (laughs) explain to the child that the baby will be sad if he loses his mother isn't it crazy how they speak to the people yeah yeah i
1: mean, yeah. I mean it's, it's like they have a spiral in the background of the tv it's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know <laughs> i just I, you know we look yeah. at it and we think this is just the most ignorant thing i've ever seen but like you know you look around if you're there and there are people shaking their heads oh yeah yeah sure i get mm. that's a baby sure uh, sure but it's not even going that far it's it's i mean it's going further than that they're they're calling the rest of us nazi sympathizers and yeah yeah, yeah. And look, I, I think this is all geared up in, in China's mind for one thing and one thing only, Taiwan.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Uh, we see a lot of parallels to that too.
2: Absolutely. They've been pushing for this for so long now.
0: Yeah, I the actually wanted Taiwan to thing. say though, to, if you want to feel any better, Dan, um, and it makes us you know happy to be part of this, but the great translation movement that Winston just brought up, if you thought China was mad at you or us, I mean, we are nothing compared to how mad the Chinese government is at this great translation movement because it's actual Chinese people going out there and finding the very real things that the state is saying and removing the language barrier and then showing the rest of the world. And it's picking up massive traction. Like it was on CNN the other day. yeah, Um, And they- I've never seen this before because, like, you'll never see the Chinese government go put out like a report about us or like other dissidents, right? They're right. we're blacklisted from from speech there, right?
1: right? We don't but they're
0: putting out yeah. they're putting out articles about the Great Translation Movement, just ripping it apart, and that's like such a Streisand effect. We're watching it; it's a fantastic thing for us to see.
2: Yeah, and uh, they're doing pretty much what you did by yeah. you know doing due diligence looking into these companies you know just exposing what's behind the bamboo curtain so to speak you know what's hiding behind that language and cultural barrier yeah Yeah. it's it's interesting
1: it's 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 nefarious it's what Mm. dictators are built on lies yeah Yeah. uh and it you know i think i think this ends 20 30 years from now sure as Mm. as russia Mm. become a becoming a vassal state to china so indebted Mm -hmm. um i mean you know China will, will will point to a 500-year-old map to say they own the South China Sea or whatever. Yeah, uh, They don't <laughs> yeah. have to look at a map that old to see that Russia <laughs> no. took some land from them. Yeah, uh, that's
2: true. Yeah, they've got uh, a big uh, chip on their shoulder there. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's a win-win for them, kind of. Uh, Russia hmm. being weakened uh, sure. means more dependence, um, cheaper oil for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, as long as they can walk that tightrope between mm-hmm. having a relationship with, the West. Um, what really happens in Russia, non-nuclear anyway, mm-hmm. uh, is probably a win-win in their view, and that's sure. really yeah. the difference. I mean, Putin is is a is a pretty good. I, I would say until this this maneuver was a pretty good tactician, short-term mm-hmm. tactician in getting things done, and a terrible long-term strategist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, China's government and planning. For long-term strategy is beyond anything we do uh, Mm -hmm. or anybody else they have a horizon 20 30 40 years out there and they stick to the playbook here's what i think is is great about china the people are great in Mm -hmm. china i mean they're they're open they're generally honest like uh, to have a conversation um you know you saw in the movie where we just go to a gate guard we want to find out how many people work there we know they're lying they Mm -hmm. say they have 500 people so we have tea samples right so yeah, that was
2: a good idea that was great very good yeah. yeah
1: so if you uh you know we'd like you all to try our new tea how many how many samples do you need well 50 mm-hmm. yeah i guess so. yeah. okay yeah. there you go uh, <laughs> yep. and there are all kinds of conversations you could have with them there i mean like you can't do you know japan is a is a, a democracy no doubt mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. but you can't ask anybody there off the street anything that's like being sure. in new york everywhere they're just going to tell you to go f yourself and like, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I hope that China gets a break. I mean, uh, I hope the people get a break. They deserve a break. I hope that, you know, we can all be friends. Because I think our future with China in a cooperative way Mm -hmm. could really, really make the world a a much better place. You know, we absolutely agree.
2: Yeah, that's that's the thing. At the end of the day, we very often have to remind people that we draw a line between the Chinese government and the Chinese people, you know, because they are two separate entities and the Chinese government is a big problem for the Chinese people and the rest of the world. And unfortunately, because they don't get called out and they get away with all the crap that they do, like when they say they're not going to do something, but they do it. And then people just stand back and go, oh, well, you know, they said they wouldn't and they did it. But oh, well you know, let's move on. Then they do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I honestly think that the only way to change the course of the Chinese government is to call them out and make them lose face on an international stage. And then, for instance, with the the situation in Shanghai, where they were separating the, the children from the parents, right? So young children, infants, you know, three months old, one year old, two years old, They test positive for COVID. Okay, take them away from the parents and stick them in a quarantine facility with a bunch of other crying children and like a couple of nurses to look after.
3: To to look after.
2: Yeah, exactly. So it's this inhumane nonsense that they pull off and that they would have continued with that if it hadn't hit international news. And because it hit the international news and there was a big stink made about it, they changed the policy. They were like, okay, we've decided to Mm -hmm. allow parents to to now accompany their children. Yeah,
0: there is a way to correct bad behavior with a country like China that doesn't have rule of law, because what Mm -hmm. you can do is apply pressure through ways around rule of law. And
2: through embarrassment. It's the only way to make them lose Mm -hmm. face. And that I think is the best way for us to kind of bring them to heal and bring them back in and just be like, listen, you got to follow the rules. Every time they do, they say they're going to do something and they don't do it. There needs to be so much international pressure that they start to actually from the get go, decide to follow the rules, you mm-hmm. know, and then I think everybody can get along well together at that point. Oh, I, hopefully. I mean, I,
1: illustrative of your point, like about, uh, you know, saving face is important, I guess, to everybody on some level.
2: Sure. Yeah.
1: They have to know that their Coronavirus policy can't work of course yeah right of like course. it's it's like saying nobody will ever get the flu again because yeah. that's what it is I mean everybody will have it um mm. I, I'm not anti-vaccination or anything no, of course. I mean I take it and 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 it can help you get through it but it doesn't mean you're not going to get it I mean no. yeah. I'm vaccinated I still got it everybody sure, I know sure. yeah and everybody there is going to get it but you know they're they're just going all in
2: yeah on, it's crazy
1: I'm killing people Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. how many people? How many people are dying behind those doors that God are knows. being God that knows. they're being locked behind? I mean, God knows. Yeah, and, yeah uh, we,
2: we'll never know. We'll never know. And the no. initial outbreak was massive in Wuhan. How yeah, many people yeah. died, we'll never know. They try to pretend like nobody died. You know, very few people did, but the, the crematoriums were running 24-7. Well, they yeah, had the,
1: the urns stacked outside the crematorium. Yeah. They couldn't even fit inside anymore.
2: Yeah, it's insane how many people died. So we'll never know the true numbers. And right now, not only people dying of the actual virus itself, but all the complications because they've locked out all the, ho- the hospitals now to use them yeah. as quarantine facilities. So people are dying from just average things they normally wouldn't have died from and like starvation and
0: and yeah, the yeah, like yeah the problem is like the that rebalance we're talking about that necessary rebalance to actually make the world a better place with china and american mm-hmm. stuff not to bring this back on a negative or to end this on a negative <laughs> thing but really that's a great analogy mm. for how this rebalance can't actually happen under the current leadership of china no. now, i've yeah. never advocated for like uh what's it called regime change or something like this that, that I never have- worked Okay, yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, but
2: I would love that personally, but, sure, but short term causes
0: devastation, right? Yeah. So when we look at rebalancing, yeah. right, mm. this COVID analogy is exactly why China's gone to it from a point where this gray period where it yeah, it's an authoritarian dictatorship and it's awful on paper and stuff, but in reality, people can kind of do what they want, especially you know, with their money, opening business, things like this. But now we've gotten to a point where it's so almost like leveling on the on the level of North Korea that we can't have a rebalance. There is no possibility of a rebalance. When you have when you have a country that has a zero COVID policy, when the rest of the world has moved on and they're trapping people like this to this extent for their own political face, then we're probably not going to reach some equilibrium in the near future. Sure. No, I
1: mean, I, I think it, look, I'm not for regime change that we force. No. Sure. Like, like in Iraq or anywhere else where we screw that up because- Of course. You know, who gave us democracy? Nobody. Right. No. We had to fight and die for it to appreciate it. We go topple yeah. a dictator, and the people there are just like, "Hey, you know, what's this democracy thing? We just want a better dictator. Right. Put our sure. guy in. It
0: doesn't
1: sure. yeah. work. No. So they're going to have to do it themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, we support them philosophically, but agreed. You know, agreed. like I said in Princess Bride, one of the one of the very few things you take out of there is you cannot win a land war in Asia. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> one of my favorite movies by the way <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: well dan yeah um, right. i want to say thank you very much yeah, i wanted to no, it's been fun. i wanted to give everyone an outlet for uh them to go find you though if they haven't seen the china hustle obviously that is on netflix right mm-hmm. um we watched on netflix
1: uh yeah. well look it's on netflix outside of the united states i believe okay. uh, we it's, watched it uh a while ago. amazon prime in the united states oh it's hulu? on amazon
0: prime yeah. okay I cool know. and hulu and stuff yeah, but um, it's, where can people find you yeah that's yeah, important. I have
1: a podcast. Uh yeah. it's uh, you know, you could pull it up by Wolfpack Research uh or the podcast itself is called I Hung Up on Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's a mix of politicians uh and and business and finance uh from all walks of life. Uh mm-hmm. so, you know, it's fun I had you on there. Mm-hmm. I want to have you come on there because I mm-hmm. had the second YouTuber, now I need the first YouTuber. <laughs> right. but, yeah, that'd be um,
2: awesome. I'd love yeah, to. Yeah.
1: yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and it, it, your your show is a very well received show, Matt, and I'm sure yours will be too. Um, and it's, Thank a, you. I think I think the response there is pretty good. It's a nice long form conversation. Some of them go for 45 minutes. Some go for like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I even had I warn people now that are on the on the total liberal end. You know, I even had Steve Bannon on there at one point, and I made him speak for three hours about being a human being. Wow, <laughs> not, not machine gunning. <laughs> You know, talking points, but talking through like <laughs> growing up as a, a family who supported John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Dr. King. Sure, him being a naval officer in the Persian Gulf uh-huh. uh, during the Iran hostage crisis and, and part of Operation Desert Claw.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and we have different people like that. Alan Dershowitz getting canceled mm-hmm. uh, had him on there. He's still a card-carrying liberal, but sure. he supported the Constitution in his mind anyway. And now he can't even walk down the street on Martha's Vineyard. Uh, yeah. So pretty interesting. If uh, anybody wants to come see it, come see it. Come see yeah, it. I mean, good. this has
2: been supremely educational. Thank you very much. It's always good to have somebody who, who's an expert in their field, you know, yes. like you are. And, uh, you know, much respect for what you've done. Thank and we really much. enjoy, we really
0: much, very much enjoy what you do. So, so keep it go, go follow Dan David. Uh, links are in the description right now. Uh, obviously, wait until this show's over, but then go check it. Open up some tabs, then come back to this, and then go back to that when you're done. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much, Dan.
2: Thanks a lot, Dan. Right. Stay awesome.
0: And we're back. I actually got a live feed here from Winston. He's on the side of the road uh, right now next to the Redneck Viper, which is our Dodge Ram shared pickup truck. Uh, he's he's in his uh, businessman soliciting outfit right now Um, he's just trying to make a quick buck to raise funds actually for the tow truck uh, which is currently on its way to pick him up but if he doesn't have enough money to pay the tow truck driver I have a I have a really bad feeling about what's going to happen so live feed from Winston here unfortunately we don't have an audio feed Uh, it's just a video feed here but you guys can see he's He's got an uncomfortable smile on his face because he does have to sell whatever's in his briefcase on the side of the road uh, to, you know, unsuspecting people that go by on this lonely rural backwater road in Pennsylvania. I just want to make sure that you guys were aware that you could send super chats um, and that would work in, in terms of like uh, donation funds to get him rescued by the tow truck. Uh, very, very worried about him. Uh, we have to make sure that he does not have to resort to anything uh, extra legal. Let's just say that. So very much appreciate all of your guys' help. And a uh, bit of a sad bone for Winston out there on the side of the road. So uh, I do want to say thank you to Dan David. Dan is, uh, I'm going to say, a friend of this channel now. A huge fan of his work. He does great stuff. Um, apparently he did actually hang up on Warren Buffett. You guys were asking in the chat, did he actually hang up on Warren Buffett? Apparently he did. Um, so that is something you can look into yourself. That takes, uh, a lot of balls. If you ask me, I feel like that is not someone you, you lightly hang up on, um, on the phone. You'd have to go check out Dan David's stuff. If you want to find out more about that, we're going to be moving on to the uh, main segment here. I'm going to talk about Chinese gangsters, Chinese mafia, Chinese triads. Uh, I'll really break it down for you guys. I think you're going to really enjoy that very much.
2: That's fucking outrageous.
0: Anyway, uh, I do want to do a couple super chats here for all you guys that were being loyal. The people that were shooting money our way, uh, just to make sure that Winston does not have to turn any sort of tricks, you know, so, so to speak. Um, if he runs out of wares to sell in his briefcase on the side of the road... We want to just keep your eye on here on the live video feed of him. Make sure he's doing fine. Um, and feel free to send over your super chats. I'll answer your, all of your questions uh, throughout the show. Uh, Shays, thank you very much. Uh, Andrew Ryan Saylor, Lepine, Lepincy, says, it seems like you're getting sick from the vaccine. That's absolutely not the case. I got vaccinated ages ago, and I don't have COVID. <laughs> it's called having a cold, my friend. They Believe it or not, pre-COVID and post-COVID, colds do exist. Uh, shooter down under. Are you gonna bring a cardboard cutout of serpents That I know, because we have actually have a live feed here uh, of him on the side of the road. Very uncomfortable smile. Like I said, very worried for our buddy. You know what? One benefit of Winston not being here, because I, I must say, without him here, it's it's nowhere near as good. Um, I'm lonely. I'm sick. I'm sad. I'm struggling. I'm running the stream deck. I'm running the sound effects, I'm running the, st- the actual stream, I'm running the camera, the lights, the, the chat, everything. <laughs> Shout out to one of our moderators, by the way. But I will say, uh, the one advantage of not having Winston here is I can use as many sound effects as I like, because he's not here to cancel them. So it's fantastic. So I do want to welcome everybody here. To the A. <laughs> we'll be bringing you live updates here from China, from every, uh, everyone on the ground that we have over there in China, whether it's current events, whether it's news, whether it's uh, anything you want to know in relation to China. It's nothing but China. Uh, anyway, we're going to have a possible person here with a super chat that says, a bit of ox protection money. Absolutely. Especially. Especially. Uh, right now with Winston on the side of the road waiting for the tow truck. I have given a little too much information about where he is. And I have a feeling that um, Chinese ox is absolutely tracking his phone and figuring out where he is because we were explicitly told by China, Chinese ox, not to use him as the thumbnail or the subject matter for the video. He actually reached out and, uh, I have a feeling he's going to be going after whoever he can find. And I'm just going to go out there on a limb and say, Winston's going to be the easier sitting duck at this very moment. Him with his, uh, with his uh, excellent uh, suit on the side of the road there. His businessman, his Amway suit, his vacuum selling suit. We don't know what's in the briefcase at the moment. Or what he's selling, we do know that he has managed to get together about twenty uh, percent of the funds required for the very scary tow truck driver, who has some very interesting opinions on just things in general, uh, things that we might not dis- we might not agree with. So, uh, hopefully, Winston can avoid any conflict with tow truck driver. And I think as long as he gets the funds together to pay the tow truck dr- tow truck driver, he will be okay. Again, you can send your super chats over. We'll make sure that he is safe and he does not have to uh, run out of wares to sell. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Constantine Trinart says donation to the Servants at a Cardboard Cutout Fund. No need for the Cardboard Cutout Fund. We got the live feed right here. Uh, Maurice Stripmatter, get well soon, everyone. I just crashed my bicycle yesterday after a company party, also licking my wounds at home. Maurice, friend of the channel, so sorry to hear that, buddy. Glad you didn't crash a motorcycle. I'm glad it was just a bicycle, but I'm sad to hear that you were hurt. So sorry. Oh, did I did I hurt people with uh, <laughs> did I hurt people with uh, the rock and roll <laughs> intro? My deepest apologies. I'm um, so sorry about that. You gotta understand, China uh anyway about your uh, euphoria says oh, sorry abraham says donation for the cardboard euphoria says about your great animation of jolly jen should you say should it say reflection or deflection i think you might have the wrong word but i'm no expert so i decided to send a super chat to ask you enjoy your weekend thank you euphoria i think you're talking about projection. so projection is when you're projecting your own problems on something else so Projection here is Zhao Lijian, by the way. This is a state uh, foreign minister spokesman for China and for the Chinese government, right? And the whole thing, the whole point about this is that you, um, where where the heck did he go? Oh my gosh, now I know why Winston struggles with this because it's actually really hard to uh, reach and see this at the same time. Where are you? Where did you go? Where are you? no Kalam man get out of- okay here we go okay so jolly Jin there so basically whenever china says like um we uh the u.s needs to deal with its uh current human rights issues oh no if they if china says you need to deal with your current human right oh no i lost the freaking button Wow. Anyway, projection means that when you are um, projecting your own problems on another country or another people, right? So it's actually China is, is dealing with their own current uh, human rights atrocities, but they project those issues on other other countries or other people. That's what it's about. Um, power shift. Just a friendly reminder that Taiwan's ample amount of Yunfeng supersonic miss- missiles can hit Beijing in the Three Gorges Dam. Cheers. Well, that's not something we would ever hope for. That's for sure. Um but that is an interesting reminder. Charles Womack, Excavator Man isn't quite as catchy as Tank Man, but he still has balls. That's very true. Excavator Man uh, indeed has balls. I mean, he's launching fricking fireworks. He's launching fireworks at an excavator that's trying to knock him off his own house. Just in case you guys missed that, I want you guys to understand that this dude is standing with his physical body on top of his home while launching stuff at an excavator that's trying to knock him off. That is pure Chad intense energy. I mean, that's I I could never do that. I would be cowering in a corner pissing myself. And he knocked the bastard over. What a freaking, and he kept shooting afterwards. It's pretty incredible. Anyway, um, I think we should probably be getting into soft power hour which is where we talk about China's soft power on the world. But this time, actually, um, soft power hour, we we covered with Dan David's interview. We're going to have a hybrid soft power hour that I'm actually going to find a way to finesse uh, into Wumao Corner. And I'll tell you why. The very truth about this, the reason I want to finesse this into um, Wumao Corner is not because I have a good excuse. I'm actually just trying to figure out one right now. It's because I made the mistake of not running the Soft Power Hour animation before the Dan David interview. And now I'm trying to scramble, uh, and I have no one to bounce anything off of here, to make up for the mistake that I completely missed that segment intro and that I need the segment intro for Wumao Corner, which is actually about the Chinese gangsters. So that is actually what's happening here. Uh, so back to uh, a Wumao Corner. Today we're going to talk about... I have no idea how this freaking switch thing works. Half the buttons just disappear. Anyway, we're gonna be talking about, um, we're gonna be talking about gangsters. Straight up, mean muggin' gangsters. Let me pull up our, uh, our material here. And we're gonna be talking about uh, not only the mafia, but just kind of like this thug chic in general. Now, this is a classic image. Absolute classic image of a uh, Chinese gangster that was eventually found uh, deep in the sand somewhere. Uh, very, very weird story, but anyway, piles of money. You notice how he's got beads, he's got gold chains, he's got tattoos, he's got dragons and koi and whatever he's got he's got his porsche, he's got his freaking stacks of cash. he's got his uh sick you know peanut butter leather interior on his car got a house plant this dude is your class oh sorry the lv bag um louis vuitton bag you have to understand that this kind of imagery this imagery of a chinese gangster this uh, imagery of a chinese thug in mainland china is just so ubiquitous it's just something you'll see all the time throughout the country but they typically these people typically come from northeastern china so if I was to give you some perspective like imagine like geography wise where Maine is in the US like Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire that area imagine that transport that transplant that over to the Chinese map that area of China that's where these people come from right these dudes are thugs and gangsters, and it, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for a lot of people because they're like, okay, China is a dictatorship, China's got a hardcore police state, a legal system uh, that completely cracks down on crime and anyone that steps out of line, and while you would be right in some ways, China's legal system or the, the government's oppression typically revolves around stopping people from standing up against the government, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, these thugs don't typically, they're not, they're not fighting for freedom of speech. They're not fighting for uh, the rights of the citizens of Chinese people. These are criminals. And unfortunately, criminals in China, well, at least the Chinese gangsters, are often <laughs> intertwined with the actual government. And we could tell you lots of stories about that. But the person on the thumbnail that you may have seen is Chinese Ox. And Chinese Ox is someone that uh, Winston filmed when he was in up north. And he did it at his own peril, because as you can see, these Chinese gangsters are having uh, a, some sort of meeting at a Xiao Xiaolongxia restaurant. Xiaolongxiao is like a crayfish restaurant. Crayfish, massively popular in China. Usually popular. <laughs> and people will go there and drink. They'll get drunk and eat crayfish and hang out with each other, but... Oftentimes, you'll see in these in these areas, you'll see these people hanging out with each other, having their meetings. They're discussing what crime are they going to do next, what uh, little heist are they going to pull, who are they going to shake down, who are they having beef with, right? And the reason that this has been coming into the zeitgeist of everyone in China is because I'm not going to show the footage anymore, but there was that whole beatdown that happened in Tangshan, uh, where the men were beating up the women. Um, There's rumors that the women ended up dying from that at the barbecue restaurant. You guys probably know at least a little bit about that. But I don't even want to show anything uh, related to that until we have an update on what happened. But anyway, this archetype people are very familiar with. What this is, is it's usually a northeastern Chinese dude that doesn't have a job. And he enters the world of, I'm not even going to say organized crime. It's just thuggery. These guys don't have jobs. They are are usually from the rust belt, like the dried up rust belt of Northeastern China where these kind of iron rice bowl jobs, the the jobs that pay all your benefits and your your welfare and all this kind of stuff are all dried up. Um, And you have these massive towns or cities where these guys don't have anything to do. They end up shaving their heads. They get tattoos and they get sucked up into this underworld. And although a lot of times it's just for show and it's just a bunch of lazy douchebags, or a lot of the people that get involved are not super hard. It's not like Yakuza or something like this. Hardcore criminals. Oftentimes, it does lead to that. I mean, there's some really bad areas and where really bad things happen. I've covered that in depth on my channel. If you search, like, Chinese Mafia, y 86 like, on my channel, you'll see some videos I've done about it. But some of these guys do really bad things, and they do kill people. Um, They do commit horrific, awful crimes. And um, if I pull up here, the... um, chinese ox here we can see this guy is definitely some sort of boss he'd be some sort of mafia boss dude right um this guy you can see he's got the gold chains he's got the tattoos he's got the shaved head he's got the kind of look like the boss the first boss in uh double dragon he's got he's kind of got that vibe going for him he looks like he might you know uh Slip you something and take you in a dark alley and take you for what you're you, what you're worth in more ways than one. He might uh, he might teach you a lesson you'll never forget. Let's just say that this guy Chinese Ox here, he's having a great time with his his uh, his fellow gang members, but they're all kind of leaned in towards him. You see the body language; everyone's kind of leaned in towards him. Chinese Ox is the leader. He commands the respect. He's done the dirty. He's done the He's done the most kind of messed up stuff. He's earned his stripes. He's earned his ink, right? These other guys are there for the ride. These other guys are there to tag along. Now, what these guys do, because they don't have jobs or whatever, they'll go, they'll do things like uh, robberies. They'll do things like uh, hire a bunch of younger people to go break into people's houses. They'll go uh, to some rural areas and stop cars, take them out of their car, beat them up, and steal all their stuff. They'll... Uh, they'll definitely a lot of times be selling drugs on the side. A lot of meth, right? Chinese ox. uh, Here, a great example of someone that would definitely be higher up in the ranks. He pushes people around. He gets what he wants. Chinese ox does not mess around. He's got a certain air of confidence about him that shows that he's the one that they're following. And notice everyone, he goes in for the cheers and everyone reaches for their cup immediately. Oh yeah, it's time. Now, the scary thing about this clip is while Winston was filming this, um, you know he really put his own life at risk here. They will absolutely destroy you if they find out that you were filming them. Um, as you can see here, one of the guys here, he has also a gold, a gold chain around his uh, wrist, noticed Winston filming them. That is not, that is not, I repeat, that is not what you want to happen. When you're in mainland China filming some thugs, right? So this has been going around here. This is a kind of like a breakdown of a Chinese thug. Now, keep in mind, these aren't necessarily... When you hear the word triad or something like this, the triads are much more like cohesive, successful, like real criminal slash like uh, business enterprise, we're talking about in mainland China where these these this kind of thug chic is just almost like a fashion statement, just to push your push your way around. Either you have the CCP look, you know that the hands behind the back, the loafers, the the polo shirt that's tucked in, or you have this look, the Chinese thug look. And this has been going around about how to identify. This is Chinese people have been sharing this around how to identify the uh, Chinese gangster. And these people are just really widely hated. Uh, around China because they're they don't typically do a whole lot other than harass people um, and get their you know hordes of people to to make anything happen that they want to. And then also they'll be intertwined sometimes with the, the government. The government, when it doesn't want to get its, get its hands dirty, they'll hire people like this to go do things. And trust me, they definitely do that. Um, but the first attribute here is you have something called a chestnut head. I'll translate this for you. A chestnut head. Is this look where you have like these shot shaved like these shaved sides here, and then you got a very like very small, very short kind of buzz cut thing on the top, but kind of resembles a bit of a chestnut. Now that you'll have variations on this, you'll have uh, the whole shaved head look, as you can see Chinese ox that we had earlier, uh, prior to this. Here you can see Chinese ox here. That's not Chinese ox. He's. He did not decide to go with the whole uh, chestnut head look. He's going to the whole bald look. That's honestly more of a Chad move. Um, then we'll go back to here. Um, the second thing says, the second part of this is looking at his face. The typical Chinese gangster or thug, this kind of chic, is not going to have a... It's not like a fat dude. He's not fat. You don't look at, you don't, you don't say that guy is massive. You, you look at a fat person and you don't say that's someone that commands respect or that's someone that's very strong. If you look at a fat person that's just fat, it's just fat. It's just they're, they're out of shape, right? You look at a Chinese gangster's body, a lot of times this body is going to be fat as hell. These, these guys are going to be obese. But you look at their face and you would never say that their face looks fat. You would never look at their face and say, "Wow, that's a fat dude." That guy's face is is large, right? What you're actually looking at is you're looking at a, a face that has muscle. That has muscle in it. And it's not because they work their face, on. I mean, they're not strapping on freaking dumbbells to their cheeks and lifting like, you know, what they're not pumping iron out backyard with their cheeks, you know. They're not taking their they're not using their tongue. They're not using their tongue to freaking uh you know lift lift some some weights here they're not doing squats with their eyebrows that's not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is these guys have seen so much grisly bullshit and put themselves through such bad situations that their face just becomes muscular it's kind of like you know you could go to a a freaking prison yard and start pumping iron and get big right Or if you wanted that mean mug and look, you could just go put yourself through a bunch of horrible shit, right? You go find fights in the middle of the night. You go start beefs with other people. You get slashed up a little bit. You watch family members get tortured because of your poor decisions. It's like the mental anguish molds their face, right? So you can actually tell if some of these dudes are effed up or not based on their look because look if we look at like chinese ox right do you see what i'm talking about chinese ox is definitely overweight but how how many people do you think would go to chinese ox and say hey chinese ox he looks like a fat piece of shit they would never say that right chinese ox looks like he's gonna actually kill you and it's you see what I'm talking about in the face? The face doesn't have pockets of fat necessarily. That's just straight up like biceps. You see the side of his face there? Where it goes down from the eye all the way down to the cheek and around the mouth? That's just a bicep. Like that's bigger than my actual bicep. He could punch me with his face, right? And that's what you see. That's the anguish I'm talking about. The guys that he's with necessarily don't necessarily have that, right? Chinese ox, didn't. he didn't skip face day. Right, right, let's just say that. These other guys, though, they're tag-alongs or whatever, they might have the tattoos, they might have the gold chains and stuff, but he doesn't have that muscle in his face that has seen his cousin get buried in the desert because of something he did. He doesn't have that anguish on his face that has watched every all of his possessions and house and everything be burned down by rival gang members, right? Stress, it's like, uh, it's also scarring, right? So we go back to the... uh interpret yeah this guy for example this guy doesn't have he's just fat this guy's just a fat piece of shit right he's tagging along he's like oh let me throw on a gold let me throw on a gold uh bracelet here i want to fit in but look at i mean the glasses for example let's let's be honest that guy is not he's not commanding respect without chinese ox there all right anyway let's get back into the uh interpretation of these guys so you have this like muscular face that's seen shit, right? It's it's scary, and that's how you know to be scared of some of these guys. Um, number three, you can see that he's got these gold chains, and the reason that they show these gold chains, and they show these this outward appearance of wealth, is because that's how it's the only way you can show people that you have money, that your the risks you've taken and the bullshit you've done to harass other people has actually paid off. Because if you don't have those attributes, if you don't have the gold to show for it, then how else are people going to know that you're successful? You see, in the criminal world, in the Chinese ox world, in the... Um, in the uh, sorry, I'm just laughing at some of this chat. Uh, in the criminal world, in this, in this world of Chinese thugs, in these uh, underemployed areas where people get sucked up into these crime, these crime areas, they, uh, they, they, they have an issue. And that is that there's no money, right? So these guys are skipping meals. A lot of these guys get super skinny. I'll show you some examples in a little bit. Um, But then you also have to have a situation where like these guys are not going to command any sort of semblance of respect if they're not wearing massive jade or huge, really rare beads and, and gold and stuff. And it's weird. It creates this bizarre economy of like you can go and buy like a Chinese wooden beads or something for like five bucks, right? But then there will be like a special kind of wooden beads that are artificially inflated because of this gangster economy is paying way more money for it. So that's how you show off. It's how you show off your wealth. You have the gold chain. You have the beads. Um, Four, you have tattoos of unknown meaning. you got to be tatted out. Um, The tattoos, I'll be honest with you, the vast majority of the time are usually um, either Chinese mythology stuff or like dragons and things like this uh typically you wouldn't want to my chinese mafia friends in china the people that i knew they said that you wouldn't want to pose like you could pose with beads or you could have the haircut or you could have the whatever but you wouldn't want to pose with like a giant dragon tattoo um you wouldn't want to do that nonchalantly unless you were affiliated with someone you know what i mean so yeah that's that's something you'll see and now i've seen people that have tried to emulate the chinese gangster look and i'm not even joking i'm not even joking with you here I've seen people that want to look like the Chinese gangster, so they get kind of pudgy. They get, you know, the the chestnut hair. But instead of getting the actual tattoos, they wear actual sleeves, like sleeves made out of cloth that are in the, the pattern of tattoos, which is just flabbergasting. I mean, that's like, talk about like outing yourself as a poser. I mean, I don't personally have tattoos, but. If I was going to be some sort of Chinese gangster, I would make sure I had the right ones. I wouldn't be wearing Taobao, you know, eBay sleeve tattoos. Actual sleeves. Um, uh, Number five, you got too many different kinds of beads. Um, The reason that they're trying to do this prayer bead look and this whole Buddhist, uh, Confucianist, you got Taoists, a lot of Taoism. The reason that you got... All of this religious imagery around the Chinese gangster look is because they're trying to make up for their bad deeds. It's almost like I can go kill people and I can sling drugs and I can do all these things under the ground, underground human trafficking. A lot of them get involved in. I can do all this stuff as long as I, not just repent, but I have you know fate or yunfen or like Buddha or any of these you know religious elements on my side. It's kind of like uh, bringing back bringing back the karma on their side because they're constantly getting rid of it. Um, Number six, it says they only know Hermes belts. So they love these luxury brands like um, Hermes. They love Louis Vuitton. They love these elements, right? And it actually uh, flows into number seven. You see what he's holding there? It might look like some sort of piece of shit cell phone with like a little uh, lucky charm on the side of it. It's not. That's actually a handbag. And what you'll see with the Chinese gangsters or like Chinese Ox, for example, you'll never see, he's not gonna have a backpack. What are you, what are you, a freaking student? What are you, what do you learned? Did you go to school? What did you sit there and learn freaking math? I don't think so. You're not a back, you're not gonna wear a backpack. You're not gonna wear a freaking, uh, a fanny pack, right? You're not gonna wear a freaking, uh, what else, what else? Like a, like a messenger bag. What are you, an idiot? Nobody's gonna take you seriously. If you're walking around with a freaking backpack or a, or a briefcase, right? What the Chinese thugs do is they wear the man purse. They actually carry it like a clutch bag, kind of like you'd see at like a red carpet event with some, uh, I don't know, who's a who's an actress these days? I don't know, Angelina Jolie or something. Standing there on the red carpet, she's got her clutch, right? Her clutch purse. You're going to see the Chinese thug with the clutch purse, the clutch bag, and what is going to be inside of there is nothing but a massive stack, a massive stack of RMB, of Mao, Chairman Mao covered Rambos, RMB, the, the cash. They only use cash. They walk around with cash. They throw it. They want to go to KTV. They want to go buy a girl. They want to go to a bar. They want to buy out the bar. They want to go out. They want to splash. They want to throw down those stacks they fill up that man bag, they fill up that clutch purse with as much cash as they can carry, and they throw it down. And they go and they buy their, you know, their champagne, they go buy their cognac, they love cognac, right? And they'll go and they'll splash their wealth inside of these clubs. And you go inside of a Chinese club and you'll see this guy, this guy that you're looking at right now, you'll see him kind of like a job of the hut figure. He's kind of sitting there like, oh, you know, he's not saying a whole lot. And he's got all his cohorts around him. They're running doing errands. They're running to grab the drinks. They're running to go talk to this guy. They're running to go to harass this table that was mean mugging him over there. And he's sitting there on his throne with his jade beads. He's sitting there uh, with his um, Hermes belt, his Louis Vuitton clutch purse. And he's sitting there with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth that someone else lit for him, by the way. He's never lighting his own goddamn cigarette. What do you think this guy is? You think he's lighting his own sings? I don't think so. So he's sitting there, and he's he's uh, he's commanding the respect and the, cl- the people in the club. When you walk in there, you know that's the aura. It's like that's Jabba. Either you pay respects or you just stay well away from from that area because you don't want to be mixing around with these guys, right? Jabba the Ox, right? Um, you could you could have a Beijing bikini. You might you might see him cooling off with a Beijing bikini. He rolls up his shirt. Belly pops out. You get a little glimpse of that tattoo. You get kind of an idea. Oh shit, this guy is kind of scary. Um, again, you're not going to look at him like, hey, this guy's out of shape. You're going to look at him and say, this guy is going to call up 500 people to actually, like, you know, dissect me in the middle of the road. Uh, next one here. It says um, you have cropped shorts, cropped shorts, or over the knee skinny shorts, or black jeans. Very important. Very important. You're going to have these kind of like shorts that are like pants, but they're too short. Almost like, I'm going to be honest with you. Don't tell them I said this. Don't tell these guys I said this, Bill. Kind of like, like capris. Kind of like we're in like 2003 in like high school, and you see your crush walking out of Spanish class, and she's rocking capris with like flip-flops. That's kind of what the chic is. That, that's kind of what they're wearing. I'm going to, you know, don't tell him I said this, but that's kind of, uh, that's kind of the the pants, the pants situation there, these cropped shorts, but they go with, um, kind of these loafers, these slip-on shoes off. I don't, I don't know the brands. I don't know anything luxury to be honest, but you know, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Gucci, let's say Gucci, Gucci, um, you got Gucci slippers on, you got Gucci loafers on, you got Gucci like leather shoes, with no socks. It's very key that you don't have socks. You'd look like an absolute idiot if you had socks on, right? So you have those with those cropped kind of capri skinny pants, these man capris. And honestly, th- this says they're black, the-, the jeans, by the way. But I don't think that's necessary. I think you could have really any sort of pattern. I've seen outlandish patterns on them. And then uh, the last one here is you got the beer belly. And the beer belly is very important. It's almost like... It's almost like if you're not, if you don't have a beer belly, no one's going to take you seriously. And I can attest to this. The skinny thugs are always the ones that were really like super try hard. And they weren't like, they weren't very scary. The scary ones were the ones with the beer belly and the tattoos and the whole, you know, the whole nine yards. But um, I've run into a lot of, especially when I lived up north, I ran into a lot of these types. And some of them, I, I'm not going to say I was like super good friends with them, but I did have one that was in the, the, the mafia thug game just because he grew up in like a really poor area and then got out of it. But he had the whole nine yards. He had the whole dragon tattoo and everything and the jade and all that kind of stuff. But he was trying to like exit that world and just get into like normal business. And, you know, he opened up his own little hot pot restaurant, stuff like that. But, uh, I was very familiar with this world and they're absolute, like if I'm, if I'm totally honest, like all jokes aside, a huge chunk of these people are just absolutely like mindless brain dead criminal pieces of shit. I mean, they will just go out of their way to make your life a living hell for absolutely no reason. other than they have like nothing to do anyway, I just wanted to go, um, I just wanted to go through <laughs> a couple of just random Pokemon, like wild Pokemon versions. <laughs> um, this is a good example of some people in a restaurant. Now, this guy here, he's got the he's got the right shoes. Uh, the guy right right behind me here to the left, he's got uh, he's got shorts on. He's got a, he's got a bigger kind of look and everything. But I'm going to be honest with you, the reason that he's not really commanding that look uh, all the way, I'm only going to give this guy a five out of ten, is because he's got no tattoos that are overtly sticking out. He's got no Beijing bikini rolled up over him. Uh, he's just. Kind of hanging out with his friends he does have that typical like gangster look but he's at least not in uniform right now if that makes sense um so that's the way i i I portrayed this guy he was just in some random random footage there he could just be a nice dude he could just be a nice guy so props to him for not just going out there mean mugging everyone harassing people now this is an example of a skinny gangster again he's got the black jean look he's got the the leather shoes And he's sitting there and he's looking at people like he's going to kill them. He's got tattoos on his knuckles um, and he's got the chestnut hair. You see this? He's got almost everything, but he's not going to be able to command the respect that he wants to because he doesn't have the horrendous unfit body. And the unfit, horrendous, fat, piece of shit, Jabba the Hutt body is what you need if you're going to make people take you seriously. Otherwise... You're squatting down like you're taking a shit and you're smoking a cigarette in the corner, looking at people like you're going to scare them and they're walking by you in the back. I mean, there's like, there's a grandma walking by. She's like 72 years old. She's walking by with her cane. She's got a bag of dumplings in her left hand. She looks at him and she's like, what a fucking poser. She's thinking that in her head when she looks at this guy, right? And, uh, And unfortunately, this guy needs to level up. He's probably got time. He looks fairly young. Um, But he could put on the mass if he he really fights for it and he drinks beer and he really just tones down the exercise level. He makes sure that he's not getting exercise and expending too many calories and he increases his calorie intake. He's going to be okay and he's going to be able to join some of those guys, okay? But again, look at this kind of look. It's like looking down on you. He's got a cigarette for later while smoking one. He's smoking a cigarette while saving one for later and holding the pack in his hands. This guy, he went all the way into the 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 cigarette identity. I mean, the cigarette's an accessory and a very important one at that. But, I mean, l- tone down the cigs, buddy. Like, we get that you smoke. You don't need to have one in your mouth and in your ear and then in your hands as well. Like, <laughs> let's be totally honest. This guy's got hate in his eyes. He's got you know, he's a, he's a, he's a bad dude. He's at least trying to be a bad dude. He's got his knuckle tattoos and stuff, but he's not, uh, he's not diversified his appearance enough. You know, he's not a, yeah, like chat, he's just, he, his chat says here, he's a level one thug. He's not a level 35 boss. Actually, I'm going to say this guy, I'm going to give him a seven because he's like almost there. Um, he's just not quite there. Does that make sense? I'll look at a couple more examples here. These are just random examples I found in some of our street footage that we took while we were in China. Um, wow, this guy, yeah, he's he's trying. He's trying. He's really trying. This guy here, this I thought this is kind of interesting. This guy went all in on one aspect. This is an older gangster. And again, he doesn't have the body for it. He doesn't have enough meat, right? But... What he does have is just a plethora of beads. I mean, this guy, he's got neck beads, he's got tourmaline, he's got frickin' teardrops, he's got buddhas, he's got walnut beads. This guy, he's got prayer beads in his hand. This guy is full on Going gangster. He's full-on gangster. It's just he doesn't quite have the, the presence. He doesn't have the the Dongbei presence, that northeastern China presence. He doesn't have that Jabba command, you know, sitting in the command center, ho-ho-ho-ing around eating, eating frogs or whatever the hell Jabba eats. This guy is like a gangster shaman. This guy's walking around. He's cursing people. He's freaking blessing people. He's freaking. Talking to the god of wealth, making sure that he's getting blessed upon, you know, making sure those like gold boats come down raining down on him. This guy is trying his best to compensate for, I'm gonna be honest, probably some bad deeds. Some bad deeds this guy's done in the past. But he's uh this guy is absolutely he's trying to go for a gangster look, but he again he invested all in one element. He invested in one attribute of that, right? Um, that, although that shirt is very much a Chinese gangster shirt, by the way. Um, a lot of people are getting confused. This guy is not some, like, hippie that's going to do, like, weave dream catchers for Burning Man. This is absolutely a gangster aesthetic. You have to keep that in mind. This, this is a Chinese gangster aesthetic, but he's gone all into the religious imagery kind of, uh, you know, attributes. And I would say, excuse me, I would say this guy is a he's not larping i think he's retired i think he's already done the bad shit he's done and now he's like i've done so many bad things in my life that now i need to have seven thousand rosaries to pray for all of my sins he went all the fucking on these speeds seriously anyway he saw a fellow um You see that there? You saw a fellow gangster friend in the background. You might have seen Chinese ox back there if I'm honest. This guy. This guy. This guy. I want to show you how this this kind of trickles down. This guy here on the left. Definitely not a high-powered thug. Probably not even a thug, but this is in northeastern China. And the guy on the left here without a shirt on, very good example of how the thug uh, aesthetic can trickle down into other forms of life. This guy just works at a freaking shipping yard, right? Ships out freight. Nice guy. Actually, he was a really good guy. But what you can see with him, he's got the slippers on. He's got those shorts. You see those tapered long short pant things with like a weird design on it? Almost looks like it's a massive bathing suit or something. Those are absolutely um, gangster pants. You notice he's, he's got a farmer's stand and stuff because he's just a worker. This dude's not actually, he's not going and like harming people in the middle of the night. He's not going and doing bad stuff. He's not tatted up. But you notice the haircut and the, the shorts and everything else. You notice how this kind of trickles down into the, because this is the area where these people come from, right? You notice how this trickles down into normal kind of, um, normal kind of uh, daily life fashion for a lot of these guys, especially like blue collar guys. And it's it's almost unavoidable, right? It's just like how the Laoban look, for example, the guy on the right, how the Lauban look trickled down onto this guy, right? This guy probably probably owns the shipping yard, right? Guy on the left works at the shipping yard, but you see how the two the two um, kind of dominant power play, you know, fashion attributes trickle down into the into daily life. So I just wanted you guys to know. Uh, how this kind of works there's a lot more that we could go into this whole gangster aesthetic might do a follow-up on that but i hope you guys learned something there i uh, appreciate you guys um let's go on to some a couple super chats and then we'll move on to world view charles womack thank you very much jim flag says here's some money to fix the redneck viper thank you very much the redneck viper is in fact let me see if no update from winston right now Uh, redneck viper is our dodge ram that uh, unfortunately broke doc slothington old doc here. oh by the way live update from winston here he is on video feed don't forget that you can send your super chats to get him tow truck money so that he does not have to um sell all of his amway wares from his briefcase here on the side of the road um old doc here says props for hanging in there solo under the weather thank you very much i'm flying han right now flying a bit han solo uh would be nice to have Winston here. Um, isn't the same without him, to be honest. We are a duo for a reason. Um, and I am very sick, <laughs> so I appreciate you guys uh, speaking. And thank you for reminding me. I actually do have to take my cold medicine, so thank you very much. <sighs> Taking um, some DayQuil. I think that'll help me out. Uh, Walter Deadman says, fireworks guy needs to build the killdozer to properly fight the cranes. Yes. Uh, C A says, hey, got the first time Rona right now, so best wishes to us. I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, Shaz says, free Winston. Winston's right here. He's free for now. Um, Hopefully not being sold into some sort of awful situation, so don't forget to send don't forget to send your super chats just to make sure that he is doing okay. Because I'll be honest with you, the cl- the more you look at his face and his smile in that photo, sorry, for, I mean in this live feed, uh, the more you're gonna realize that something something real bad might be happening. So appreciate that. Um, Dylan Vienna says. By the way, it's my birthday this coming Tuesday. Happy birthday, Dylan! Happy early birthday. This is like an early birthday present for me. Stay awesome, and I'm so happy to be along for the ride. And we're so happy to have you, Dylan. Massive friend of the channel. Uh, Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Donderdam says, imagine Winston standing next to the road with a broken car, and the first car that pulls over to help is none other than Chinese Ox. And that is what we're worried about. That is absolutely what we're worried about right now. Because <laughs> if Chinese Ox shows up while Winston's out there, um, Winston's a strong dude, and he can definitely fend for himself. But I'll tell you what, uh, Chinese Ox shows up, I'm going to probably put my bets on Chinese Ox. And then Chinese Ox starts to rem- hum, I remember you. What a plot twist. Well, oh, that gives me the freaking chills, dude. Holy shit. Wow. What an ox and cart ride um Hantas Farmer thanks for talking about this the China financial scam is not sexy content but important thank you very much Huntis Farmer and we agree it's um it's one of those things I'm not an expert in finance or investment or anything like that in fact I'm pretty bad at that kind of stuff so it was good to have an expert on uh Dan David great guy Russell sorry uh Russell says with a, a recent launch of Fujian uh that's the new aircraft carrier from China how good do you think Chinese military hardware is? Uh, is it what they've advertised, or is it all a facade to show power? I'm actually going to talk about that in the next segment. Case close 93 last week you mentioned uh, House star Hugh Laurie. Oh, you mean the, the star of House, Hugh Laurie. But did you know he tried to become a Royal Hong Kong police officer before becoming an actor instead? That's crazy. That's a good bit of lore. Thank you very much. Reese Gray says hello from Canada. Great show today. Shout out to the Aurora. As you guys know, Canada has a, the Canadian Royal Air Force has a, uh, uh, what is it called? A radar plane called the Aurora. And you have to do a chef's kiss every time. In fact, Winston would do that. Give him a chef's kiss there for the Aurora. Uh, I'd be oblivious to the CCP's misdeeds if it wasn't for you guys opening my eyes. Thank you very much. Suzanne B., Cold Medicine Fund. Thank you very much. I got one left here, a multi-symptom daytime cold and flu relief. I just took one. Um, Kumakun says I miss Cardi C. Can you please give me a cotton? You better believe I can give you a cotton if uh, cotton. if we can find it. Yeah, good. Um, Shaze says Winston is dismantling the truck engine by the side of the road. Um, uh, he actually already did that. He was—he replaced the harmonic balancer, but then what didn't happen was what was necessary was uh, the belt that goes on it apparently broke, and that's what we're dealing with currently. So hopefully he's okay. How you doing there, buddy? Doing all right there? I don't know. I'm getting kind of bad vibes. Getting bad vibes about what's going on there. Hope he's okay. Um. Dylan says my Serbian phrase simply meant ballsack. Nice, ballsack. Unfortunately, Winston is not here to tell you who Peter Ballsack is, and I have absolutely no idea. So, if uh, Winston was here, he'd be able to tell you. Unfortunately, I have absolutely no idea who he is. Uh, I am Groot. Thank you very much, Underdog. Great guest. Get him on again. Yeah, we love Dan. Um, if you go check out his show, it's uh, Wolfpack. Uh, What's it called? I hung up on Warren Buffett podcast. Uh, Wolfpack is his company, but he uh, had me on. We had a great chat. We talked about some very interesting things, some very funny moments as well. Um, Jim Flagg, here's some money for the toe. Thank you very much, Jim. You might have paid for like half of it already with that. So I very much appreciate that. Thank you so much, depending on how much it is. I'll have to find out. Um, so thank you very much. <laughs> cheers to you and, and here's a bit of applause for you as well I'm I've got no one here to stop me shays with a winston rescue fund thank you very much for that um he is absolutely probably
2: will live in the
0: fair uh wing 83 since you have both been to china and japan why do you think japan is still so cash heavy compared to china where you can pay with everything through your phone Honestly, um, I think Japan is one of those countries that kind of got locked into its ways when it peaked. Um, You could, for example, you could still go buy like a new DVD player there. (laughs) People still buy like audio CDs and stuff there, which is kind of cool. They basically made the best of the best technology at a certain point. And while the new stuff exists, like people are kind of locked into what they have and what works. And I think that's just kind of how Japan is. It's kind of like... If you want a time capsule of what, like, peak 80s and 90s wealth and technology was, that's Japan, and it's awesome. I absolutely... I live for that. That's awesome. Also, Japan does have a real currency. Keep that in mind. Um, It is not a fake currency. QR, thank you very much. Hello, guys. Uh, Here, I have some pennies to save Winston. I very much appreciate that. Uh, He definitely needs our help. Um, He is... You know what I actually am worried about here is that Winston is out there alone I know that Chinese Ox is a threat, but I do know that Winston could probably, you know, Winston's Chinese is good, so he can speak to him and like talk him down. One person I don't think he could communicate with very well um, would be. And if he showed up, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. Well, I Hanan. If Clam Man showed up, I don't even know what what he would do. I don't even know what he would do. Uh, Scott says, "Hey there, bros. Love the show and all the info. Thank you very much." Um, JDB says my contribution to your debut at the Funny Bone don't know what that means but I appreciate that um, and I'll, I'll come back to the questions uh, after we get to our next segment which is world view where we talk about the world and what's happening in the world uh, I'll tell you what we're not talking about in the world is uh, this dude standing here on the side of the road I'm sorry I'm juggling multiple mice here because we're running about three computers this is not what's happening in the world Um, So I'm just going to let that, (laughs) see you guys can just stand there, sit here and watch that. Um, (laughs) Just wait, just wait. Okay, 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 worldview, worldview, worldview. It is time for worldview. I'm going to actually run that again. It is now time for worldview, where we talk about what's happening in the world. And unfortunately, something really bad and scary happened Um, in Shanghai. There is a petrochemical plant that exploded actually look like the end of the freaking world um you can see it that just went absolutely black uh the sky went black apparently it happened at multiple like three different uh petrochemical plants and uh they all exploded there was some conspiracy as to why that would happen at three different places but apparently all of them are you know they're all connected um very very scary was horrifying it looked like the end of the world Now a lot of these situations have been happening there's this thing in china called uh, the mandate of heaven and the mandate of heaven is this classical chinese uh, ideology that means that a dictator or an emperor his time has come when awful things happen like great natural disasters so floods earthquakes big big things like this right happen. And that means that the, uh, you know, the curtains come into a close for this dynasty and the next one shall begin. And unfortunately, a lot of these things have been happening um, and really scaring people in the country saying like, well, are we are we facing a mandate of heaven? Right. And unfortunately, um, this the Chinese government has just consolidated so much power over China that the mandate of heaven probably won't come to fruition. In fact, I covered that in my last video. Um, I, I said, "Is China going to collapse?" You hear about this China collapse stuff all the time, and I am just—I've never subscribed to that idea. I've never subscribed to, to to China, you know, facing imminent collapse because it's just like teetering on the edge. I think there's a lot of issues that are pushing it to the brink, but definitely not like—I don't think the Chinese government is going to lose control over instances like this. Um, and anyone that was uh, caught up in this, I, my heart goes out to you, absolutely. The crazy thing was is that, like, right before this, they were doing a celebration for the, um, for the new aircraft carrier, which was crazy. And actually, something came out about that. Uh, this was going around on Chinese media, which, I'm going to be honest with you, is the biggest dose of copium I've ever seen in my life. Like, serious um projection here because (laughs) the people in on the chinese internet were talking about actually something we brought up in the last episode is that their new aircraft carrier looks awfully sparse it looks very it looks very empty it looks like there's no windows (laughs) in it it looks like there's no radar technology up it looks like there's no command stuff up it looks like there's nothing happening it's like looked like a parking lot right and uh so actually you know weirdly enough the uh, Chinese netizens were going out there and they were expressing the same concerns as us. They were going around on Weibo and they were talking about like, why? where's all the stuff on our new aircraft carrier, right? Uh, and it says, Chinese, uh, Chinese defense analysts say the clean streamlined island on, uh, of the top, uh, a type 003 aircraft carrier is one of the noticeable indicators that it's more advanced than the American Ford class supercarrier. So they were saying that this is the the reason that there's not any stuff on the aircraft carrier. The reason that it looks so slimmed down is actually one of its attributes. That's what makes it good. That's what makes it more advanced and better technologically uh, developed than the American Ford class supercarrier, which I thought was absolutely uh, hilarious. And then they started removing uh dialogue about this aircraft carrier because people uh, Chinese netizens are not stupid they're like why does this why does this new aircraft carrier that our government keeps ramming down our throat look like shit it's such like door bullshit it looks like it looks like uh, like a repl- like a 1 to 1 scale replica of itself you know so unfortunately um that's but outrageous a lot of people were were concerned about that Anyway, uh, I'm going to get into the Q&A, yum cha. Now, I do want to let you guys know that um, if you guys go to patreon.com slash advpodcast, you guys can support the channel. Uh, But not just support the channel. Actually, you'll get the uncut episode on there uh, on Monday. So what happens is we'll leave this whole episode up over the weekend. And on Monday, I cut out the Q&A section where we just hang out. And then I... I put the entire episode um, on the patron. So the patrons, the people that support us financially that actually, you know, cause this is not, it's not easy to do, to be honest with you. And we don't make a whole lot of ad revenue or anything. Um, you guys supporting us through Patreon actually gives you access to that stuff and it helps us out too. So it's the least we can do. And we really appreciate you guys that go on not to do this again, but I'm going to do it again because Winston's not here. So I can actually, Oh no, I can't. Oh no. What have I done? So oh no I think I spammed I spammed it too much. Anyway now it's time for the QA uh, where we just get to hang out. live update here from Winston here. Um, still on the side of the road it looks like I can hear the the wind blowing. hopefully the the weather looks like it's holding out. It looks awfully like Syria or Afghanistan in the in the live feed that he's in so I don't know what's going on there um, but yeah. Hopefully, he doesn't have to resort to anything bad. Uh, Doc Slothington says, thoughts and prayers for Winston wandering around Costco right now with a cart full of upside-down pineapples. I mean, waiting for the tow truck. (laughs) You guys don't know uh, some deep lore. You definitely have to watch the last episode if you want to know what that's all about. Basically, I was messing around and threw a pineapple in my shopping cart at, uh, where was I? Sam's Club. And uh, had an interaction with, a, with a, another human being that taught me something that I didn't necessarily want to know about. Um, and hopefully Winston's not doing that with his pineapples right now. Kathleen Morrison says, funds towards AAA membership, stay awesome. I, I believe we'd have it, uh, but it only like, from what Winston was explaining to me, the tow truck would only take him within like three miles and there was nothing within three miles. Uh, Lek Mikam Arsh says i once hung out with a warren with a warren in a buffet but i never hung out with the warren buffett uh p.s what the hell happened to winston that involved a tow truck uh the truck broke our truck broke down after after he had already fixed it so unfortunately i'm waiting for an update waiting for the audio feed to come in from this uh, video feed here um Dylan Vienna says, killing it so far, C-Milk, hope you pull through. Thank you very much. It makes it sound like I'm um, at my wits end, but I kind of am. I'm kind of losing my mind right now uh, because I feel incredibly ill. I appreciate that. Uh, Tyler Bozinoviski says, I was present at the Xiao Qian speech uh, where I saw the disruptions live. I even got a chance to meet Drew and the squad after the event and was involved in a protest outside of the UTS car park. Yes, I looked it up while I was running the interview. And apparently um, their uh, Xiao Qian, uh, an ambassador, was making a speech in Australia and Drew Pavlou uh, had staged some sort of protest where they ran around with free Tibet and free uh, Xinjiang signs or something during the speech. Looked pretty interesting. Doc Slothington, this dream is like when a grade school teacher left the room unattended for an extended period of time and then hell slowly starts <laughs> to break loose. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going for doc you hit the nail right on the head that is absolutely positively what i was going for there so very much appreciate that um dan cacciatore some some change for winston oh dan thank you very much that's very generous appreciate that That's gonna actually help us pull through the tow truck some change for winston by the way some refreshment is headed your way in the next two weeks thank you very much dan i can't wait uh walter Deadman, plot twist. The truck driver is Chinese Ox and Clam Man is with him. That would be horrifying. Can you imagine that? I'll be honest with you, though. Clam Man would get destroyed. Chinese Ox probably hates Clam Man, dude. I don't think they would... They wouldn't be able to freaking communicate anyway. Clam Man doesn't speak Chinese very clearly. Well, let's see if he does. I I don't know. Did did you get a good... uh, Let's see, let's see let's see if he can say this properly. Well, yeah, he does know how to say I shoe pets, so I suppose uh, his Chinese is quite good. Average Joe, what's up with sea milk? Can you educate a guelo on a on what Lao Wai means in English? Nice play on words there. So my name, Lao Wai, Lao Wai eighty six eight six is the country code for China if you're calling them. And then Lao Wai means uh, in Chinese means uh, foreigner. So I was a foreigner in China, everyone calls you. If you're a foreigner in China, you'll hear La all the time. Oh, 你看老外, there's a, there's a foreigner over there. So I just adopted it as my name, I'm a foreigner, right? Living in 8-6, living in China. And uh, I changed W-A-I, so Y means outside, right? Uh, which is part of the word foreigner. And I changed that to be uh, W-H-Y, because people were asking me so many questions about China, So I made that my name. It was like Lao Wai, but the play on words is like you ask me questions about China. Uh, Big Beef Buns. Hopefully Winston only has to sell the contents of his briefcase, not his briefs. I think we all, all hope that. Xavier, 7392. I don't have a question prepped since I watched the show during work. Nevertheless, we appreciate all you guys do. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. RCM KPS says save Winston by the side of the road. Super chat. Thank you very much for actually pitching in for that because he does need um, our help. He does need our help. And actually I got to give him props because he is the one that uh, was the mature adult that decided not to abandon our truck that we both equally paid for. So I appreciate that. And it's not like it's the end of the world. I mean, if we, if for some reason it got stolen or something, it would have not been good. So that's also a good thing that he did. I appreciate that. Jack Britton, Sea Milk, the intro you did with a soundboard had me and my friend Big Stew in stitches. He actually peed in his pants a little. <laughs> what do you mean? This one? Welcome. From- we're here. We're talking about China. Nothing but China. 93.2 FM, the Chinese. Uh, Black Halo 6, trade off for toe money for toe picks. Nice. Shooter down under. I was just playing the song, Kate. Uh, by Katy Perry over that footage of the excavator and the fireworks. <laughs> that's, someone should definitely uh, overlay that. That's, that's fantastic. JDB, thank you very much. Moritz Stripmatter, do you think the tattoos were copied from the Yakuza? Absolutely. Uh, 100%. They were copied by the, from the Yakuza. Also, Northeastern China has a big presence in the armed forces. That is correct. But I'll tell you what, these Chinese gangsters are not in the armed forces uh kfax says don't skip neck day yeah definitely not marit Stripmetter, i only saw bald dudes fighting in the street in beijing well those bald dudes are probably gangsters if i'm honest uh mehack robin my face looks like that and i can assure you it's alcohol <laughs> thanks sir. uh thanks for being honest thanks for being honest with you know what happened to your face uh, and potentially that's what happened to chinese ox's face as well face says too much salt in my diet hmm Wing zero 083. Oh, sorry. It snapped. Wing zero 83 says, Who does better with the <laughs> with the ladies? Pig Peak Pig's Peak Man, a Laoban, or Chinese ox? Also, if he's invited you to go to karaoke with him, what song would you sing? Now that's a tricky question. Pig's Peak doesn't get any women at all. Pig's Peak sucks. Pig's Peak is like the the lowest of, of forms in, in terms of like you know, deadbeats in China. Uh, a Laoban, if it's an actual Laoban, if it, he's an actual CCP member or an actual boss, then he's going to get the most ladies because of money. Um, Chinese ox, like if you're talking about like a thug, the thug types, will get women um, in their sphere, like that type of of girl, right? They're going to have the, the tag alongs with the criminals. Also, if they're like an actual boss or whatever, like an actual Chinese mafia boss, They'll definitely get women too. So I'd say it's a tie between a real laoban and a real Chinese gangster. And then the 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 tryhards in both of those sectors are not getting women. Um, if Chinese Ox invited me to go to karaoke, what song would I sing? Um, so many songs. Uh, there's a a traditional uh, prairie song, a, a Inner Mongolian prairie song in Chinese called Zhuoma. I would probably sing that with him. Uh, Shaze or Shays, Matt is practicing to filibuster the CCP's 20th National Congress. You guys catch me there? Um, I'll be there filibustering the 20th National uh, People's Congress. Mitch McLean, they all seem to be have bowling ball shaped heads. Do you think the women think they're sexy and edgy? I don't think the women think too much. It's more of a let's just say it's not a it's not a choice thing. R J F, publicly traded companies listing on U S stock markets. Require audit-level financials uh, reporting. Deloite, KPMG, Grand Thornton, etc. These f- firms should be held accountable for any fraud coming out of China. Right. Square. Any thoughts on BYD Motors and their recent growth? Even set to supply batteries to Tesla soon. Not happy to see um, a government-affiliated Chinese company be being used by Tesla, if I'm totally honest with you. We've been calling this from day one about Elon Musk and Tesla. We don't know how people haven't realized this yet, but uh, joining more at the hip to China at the moment is probably not the position we want to be in. Uh, uh, BYD, by the way, has had massive problems in the past, with quality explosions, taxis catching on fire, um, really not good stuff. But I mean, it's uh, definitely one of the more respected companies in China. Doc Southington, the gangster aesthetic Segment was a tour de force, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, shays says, "Matt, you're doing your best holding the fort." Thank you very much. Well, I do have Winston here on live feed helping me out. Christian Mace, thank you. Dion Chapman update: He is covered in oil. Speaking with him, oh, that is not good. Yeah, Dion actually probably was talking to him, um, and I do know he did have oil on him at one point, and I do hope it was related to the car repair. Uh, Shay is, explain it like a hold on, sorry. Explain it like I'm five, what is a harmonic balancer? <laughs> well, you better be ready for a Wikipedia entry. A harmonic balancer, harmonic balances are misnamed. They do not balance an engine, rather they absorb and remove unwanted vibration due to torsional twisting of the crankshaft. They are, in effect, vibration dampeners and are frequently called dampeners. Dampeners are like torsional shock absorbers used to dampen torsional twists and vibration in an engine. Torsional vibration is a twisting vibration caused by the firing pulses of each combustion event. Uh, The force of the combustion process causes the crank to deflect ever so slightly in the direction of the force. When the force goes away, the crank ever so slightly springs back. At certain frequencies, the crank can resonate, making the vibration much worse. With eight cylinders firing, ten cylinders in our case, these forces are moving back and forth and right through each other constantly. This is where a harmonic dampener works its magic. So it's basically like, uh, oh, yeah, it says, they are very effective in production cars but can deteriorate and fail over time due to exposure of the elements. That makes sense. It basically stops the vibrations in the engine. Uh, Dave M Matt I was hoping to announce that I passed my skills test this week but it was a fail oh, I'm sorry but your ride videos got me this far and he thought that Philadelphia plaid suit went out in the 70s cheers well uh, that's all he's got right now um, I'm sorry to hear that you'll be just fine though give it another shot you'll be okay and you'll forget about when you failed Alexander uh, Grand- Grandinaru says I love your show unfortunately it's night here when your broadcast is live and I'm here at work uh, I can't wait to watch it tomorrow thank you very much uh, Lechmixturemar says, "What did you do to Winston's neck? He ain't got one in that picture." That's just the live feed. I think it's just the way the stream works. It's the way the the bandwidth is working out there and those parts. Um, but yeah, sorry about that. Tow truck money from J- Jowis. Thank you very much. The average Joe "Shout out to May. You stay forever young. Film related to the Hong Kong protests, shot guerrilla style during COVID in Hong Kong. That's awesome." Jay, was it hard to travel in China due to the one time zone? Um, no, the, the way it works is it's crazy. So let's say you're in Beijing, right? And then you want to go to Arumqi <clears throat> in Xinjiang. You should have like, what? Six hours time difference or something in between those two places, maybe even more. But it actually only operates on Beijing time. So technically it'd be super dark in the middle of the day in Xinjiang. But the way it works is the government stuff relies on the Beijing time zone, and then the actual like time that people run off of for their daily activities and jobs and everything doesn't run on the Beijing time zone. Uh, Shea says, clam man is chaotic evil. Well, I, Chinese ox is neutral evil. <laughs> I think I would agree with that. I think I would agree with that. Don Kelly says, uh, hubei crawfish with chilies is excellent. Um, yes, but very polluted, I'll tell you that. Wing 083, a donation for Winston in case he gets held up by the Amish. We're actually not too far from the Amish. Also, what is the rock song in your intro? That's called I Remember You from a group from Estonia uh, called Cartoon. Mr. Eddie Lomax, good luck on the repairs. Oh, by the way, the Cartoon uh, song is, our theme song is in the description. Uh, Showed the band some some support. Uh, Mr. Eddie Lomax, good luck on the repairs and thanks for the... Great. ...show. By the way, underrated. Nice. I feel like nice is underrated. Uh, Doc saw I think one more super chat for the hilarious and unique podcast tonight feel better. Thank you very much. I'm going to probably sleep for 50,000 billion hours. Believe it or not, I usually only sleep about six or seven hours. I slept for 14 hours uh, yesterday. So clearly my body is not doing well. Uh, thank you very much, Doc. J Des, any advice on my Chinese boyfriend thinking everything that the CCP does except for gay rights is right he's in the west but he only listens to state-run news honestly uh my advice for that is usually what we tell people is you gotta get them turned on to voices that are other chinese voices that are against the ccp not even against just like people that speak about the truth uh or speak against the grain of the ccp in chinese because because a lot of this kind of uh, sheep mentality that will happen to be like, oh, China is for us Chinese people, so we can't speak out against the government because that represents us. When you start to show them that there's tons and tons of other voices in Chinese from Chinese people uh, that don't think like that, there's huge communities of pro democracy Chinese people um, that we support and that 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 support us, then you'll you'll start to see that your message might start trickling through. Uh, Marie Stripmender says, could you make a difference? A video about the difference between gangster culture between U.S. Asia and Africa. Well, there might be a thing we could do for that. Could be a thing. Anyway, guys, thank you very much. Um, I'm sorry, Winston couldn't make it today, but he did his best to hold down the fort and actually get our truck to a situ- uh, in a position where we don't have to leave it there. Um, and I'm sure he'll be back um, normally next week. Thanks for being patient with me while I'm sick. Um, it's been tough, uh, but I appreciate all you guys sticking around for the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget to support us over on patreon.com slash podcasts. Also, uh, our Clips channel, if you haven't subscribed yet, China Fact Chasers, go check that out. And then go check out our videos that we put out. Uh, Winston just put out one today. Um, It's a really good one. It's about examples of soft power that have actually worked on American people or Westerners in general from China, Um, which is a great video. That's in the description below. And then my video about is China actually going to collapse? Is it about to collapse? Uh, A bit of a sobering... uh, video on that one. I want to say thanks to Dan David for the interview that we did the other day. I appreciate that very much. Definitely go check out his stuff. A great friend of the channel. And I want to say uh, I'm going to cut myself off this time. I'm actually going to cut myself off this time. So here we go with five, four, three, two.